0: Welcome everyone to the Open Minds Podcast. I am your host of the podcast, Paul Pitsaris, and for those of you who have tuned in before, you will know at the Open Minds Podcast, we speak to people who are passionate about what they do, who exemplify having the ability to really make the world, the society around them a better place, and today's guest exemplifies exactly that. He is one of the co-founders of Orange Sky, which is a Brisbane-based non-for-profit and we'll find out more about the crucial services that they provide um, to, to our homeless population and a little bit more about them very shortly. But uh, this guest was also awarded in 2016 the Young Australian of the Year Award with his fellow co-founder, Nick Marchesi. So I'd like to welcome to the Open Minds podcast, Lucas Pachet. Lucas, how are you? No, thanks for having me. Yep. My absolute pleasure, mate. And thank you. Thank you for agreeing to uh, to come on board today. So before we let the people listening know a little bit more about Orange Sky and what you do, um, I just wanted to ask you personally, mate, ha- how you're going amidst this crazy global crisis that we're facing. How has it been affecting you?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think personally um, for me, you know, it's, it has been a, a massive change over the last you know, eight, eight to 10 weeks and having yeah. You know, little things like working from home, and and sort of never done it before. Always sort of been in the office and on the road a fair bit and traveling around and and connecting with people and doing presentations at events and and all these sorts of things. So I think, um, like everyone, it's affected affected me. I think um, the thing I probably remind myself is 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 how lucky I am to have a you know safe place to self isolate in to, to 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 be able to work from home. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the the thing that um through some of the more challenging moments um Mm. can remind myself on you know there's there's people out there doing it doing it uh, a lot tougher than than me but i think um yeah it's affecting everyone in in one way or another and and um it's that whole almost cliche of this thing that you know we're all in this together kind of thing so um that knowledge that you know it's it's affecting everyone in in one way or another and and how we can collectively come through and and start pushing um into in positive direction
0: yeah yeah that's really good to hear mate and and one thing that sort of rings out true in what you just said i guess you know i know that a lot of people are struggling mentally during this period but but the fact that you've got that insight and that perception into the fact that there are people doing it even tougher without a home right now um, is really important and i think is a main reason as to why i wanted to talk to you um today um you know i know personally of the amazing work that orange sky does but for those listeners who don't um, could you let us know a little bit about how orange sky came about and, and the valuable services that you're offering to the homeless people in this country and abroad
1: uh, absolutely so orange sky was a really um, bit of a crazy idea that seeded for my best mate nick and i when we we're in high school and you we know, went to school here in Brisbane, and and the school that we went to ran a food van that fed people who are doing it who are doing it tough and experiencing homelessness. So, you know, we at the age of fifteen, we're out in this food van feeding people, chatting to people, and, and um, I suppose had our eyes open to this massive issue of homelessness at a really early age, and always had this curiosity around, you know, how can there be people in our backyard or a kilometre from where we went to school who were sleeping rough and and doing really tough. So. Always had this, I suppose, curiosity. Our, our parents were incredibly supportive. So finished school, um, sort of went off with our with our worlds, with our own two different worlds. And then um, after a couple of years being out of school, said, you know, let's let's find a way to re-engage that part of our brain. Let's get our mates involved. Let's find something like that food van we used to do, but let's do something a little bit different. So we hatched this crazy idea to chuck two washers, two dryers in the back of a van and just drive around and wash and dry homeless people's clothes for free. And convinced the company to give us some washing machines we owned an old van we sort of made it all work blew up a couple of sets of machines um, but finally had this van that technically worked and then um, hit the streets alongside the old school food van and um, set up after like i mentioned a few false starts where we broke a few sets of machines and set everything up and washed clothes to this guy by the name of jordan and jordan you know was very similar to me. He just, you know, went to school just up the road from me, went to the same university as me, studied engineering, the same degree that I was partway through studying at the time. And, and yet Jordan was doing it tough and and sleeping on the streets and washing his clothes in our van. And and I can remember having this like aha moment of, you know, this guy's is, you know, same life trajectory as me, similar background, but yet he's in a completely different situation. And and that um, magic of that connection, I suppose, happened, happened over an orange chair on one of our vans. So, um yeah, it was a an interesting start in sort of a few false starts, but um, once we got there, it's it's really set the set the foundation and paved the way for so many more loads of washing, so many more um hours of conversation to happen um yeah, all, all over and, and and started with that um little one with Jordan um, five five and a half years ago.
0: Yeah. Incredible. So that was five and a half years ago. You started off with with one van and where are things today? I think my most recent research reveals you're up to like something like twenty three vans, is that right? Yeah, a couple
1: more than that. So we've got 30, 33 services kicking around Australia and New Zealand now. So um, sort of all predominantly down the East Coast, but every state and territory covered. Um, We do some work in remote Indigenous communities, so up in the Cape and in remote Northern Territory. And then um, in October 2018, we launched in New Zealand. So um, we've got a couple of vans over there. got Auckland and Wellington as well. So collectively, all those vans do just over 11 tonnes of washing every week in, in normal times, I should say, I should precursor that. Um, 11 tons of washing got over 2000 volunteers. They go to 250 different locations, um, provide yeah, 11 tons of washing, but 200 safe hot showers for people. And we branched into to showers as well, but most importantly about 1700 hours of conversation, um, between yeah. you know, everyday people for, for us our volunteers, uh, you know, 18, I think the oldest is about 90. Um, and so every everyday Australians and and New Zealanders who um, put a put a chunk of their life aside to to come out in a van and event volunteer. So yeah, it's it's crazy looking back now at this you know, fleet of vehicles and team and volunteers and an amazing community of people that, that make Orange scrap happen. And and thinking back to those early days as well. But um that yeah that journey's been pretty yeah. pretty incredible. But um yeah
0: it's it's um yeah it's awesome awesome thing to be part of. Super super um, proud to be part of it. Yeah. I can imagine, mate. And as you should be, that is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, we, within that journey, what were some of your initial struggles or, or obstacles that you faced in those first few years? Because I, I dare say, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you started out, um, you know, you wouldn't have expected that it has come this far and helped so many people.
1: Yeah, def- definitely not. I think when we first started, I think I made precursor, Orange Sky, like challenge is part of our DNA it's not something that you know we're scared of or that we're hesitant to tackle it's really something that is uh, really intrinsic for both Nick and I and 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 for our team as well in that you know we want to overcome challenges one of the things that I love one of my personal values is around learning and and um, and having fun so if I can bring those things together and and um, give something a crack and overcome some challenges I think you you can have a heap of fun but you can also learn learn a heap as well so yeah yeah, in the early days it was very much we talk about when it was just an idea stage you know there was a lot of people saying oh it's an awesome idea other people saying you guys are idiots why would you do that um so it's kind of like that split and then we talk about the first big yes we got was from um this company that that's installs washing machines and and in laundromats and and those sorts of things Mm. so they said yep we'll give you two washers, two dryers you've got a van Um, we look forward to seeing how it comes about and we so that was kind of like our first big yes. And then we had yes. this yes. So then we could build a van, we could figure out how it all works and then we could show people. So then as soon as you have something to show people, yeah. then they can say, oh, that's cool. And I want to be a part of that and I want to volunteer or I want to donate or I want to be yeah. Yeah, involved with this in, in some way. And, and so that challenge then transferred from, well, we've got this van, how do we actually technically make it work? Which took a few false starts, but we got there in the end and then the tra- the transfer, the challenge almost transferred to, well, we've got people wanting to support us and how do we build a volunteer structure that enables people to, to volunteer in a safe and sustainable way and then how do we start to look at, you know, where does Orange Sky want to grow to and how do we choose between, you know, mm. first cities being Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, those sorts of places. So um it's yeah, this constant evolution of challenge and constant um yeah, continuum of of finding ways to over, overcome them as well. So yeah, it's it's um even now, you know we've just been faced with one of our biggest challenges ever in the last couple of months is that you know the pandemic sort of takes over the world and mm-hmm. and the you know for us we have to press pause on on operating all our shifts for a short period of time and now it's well we're in the reimagine phase so how do we get as many shifts operating as possible but safely with the right volunteers not putting anyone in harm's way um, but also supporting people who you know mm-hmm throughout a lot of this have been overlooked like they like people are who, who are doing yeah. it tough um yeah. can be on a on a day-to-day basis so yes yeah. i think um challenge i think is is for some people a scary thing but for our own sky we, we like to embrace it and like to yeah, um, yeah really give it a crack so yeah. and that's anything from getting events
0: technically work or, or the pandemic we're facing now yeah i think that's a lot of Um, it's a really important lesson for a lot of people, whether they're starting out in a business or starting out in an organization that's giving something back, there there are always obstacles. There's there's always going to be challenges there. Um, But what I find really refreshing in your psychology, uh, Lucas, is the fact that you had setbacks, but you still push forward. So what that tells me, mate, is that firstly, there was a sense of self-belief but there's also, there was also something larger than than just your own career. Something larger than you know. You you really exemplify, mate. Someone who's really selfless. And I think, um, yeah, I can't take my hat off enough to you. Enough. It's really incredible to see. So, what what are some of the hardest things you think that people living on the street right now are facing um, during this pandemic?
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting and, and good question. I think the we um the biggest thing orange sky the thing we're trying to combat i suppose is is hygiene is a part of it but the biggest thing we talk yep. about is disconnection so yes. we talk yep. about you know through that conversation i had with with mm. Jordan on that first wash um that was a mm. an, a game ch- or life changing experience for me and hopefully had an effect on Jordan's life as well and and we talk about bringing communities together and connecting communities so i think um that disconnection is a massive challenge for people yep. Yeah. On the streets, in mm. you know, if someone's yeah. and there's such a broad range of people, there's people experiencing homelessness in Australia, and yeah. that's everything from people sleeping rough through to crisis accommodation in cars, in temporary dwellings, in squats, and, and those sorts servings, of things. So, this whole yeah. spectrum of people, mm. yeah, yeah, couch surfing stuff. So, there's this whole spectrum of people that might not be um, considered when people think about people doing it tough, but mm. um, yeah, there's a massive spectrum of people who are. In that um i suppose in that reference group that we're sort of looking yeah. looking at supporting so i think i think throughout this time those things around disconnection uh you know we're all feeling that all of australia is feeling that at the moment in like you know you can see depending what state you're in you can see one or two people or you can you know there's so many different rules and so many different regulations around around that and you know for the selfless selfless thing to do at the moment is to not see your Elderly parents or grandparents mm-hmm. or, 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 yeah. or relatives, but um, which is normally the opposite thing. So I think yeah. some some things like that have um, have almost been flipped on its head. But I think from a from the homeless community, it's it's really about um, a few things. One one I think the impact of a lot of services being poor. So For us, you know, yeah. we're currently at about twenty percent of our normal capacity from an operations perspective, and, and that oh, number okay. is growing. But yep. we're still at you know one in five, which is a seriously mm. limited. Um, from where we want to be Um, but then even across things like food and and shelter and and those sorts of things which are uh, needs for people and and having limited access
0: and that that would have been a hard a hard call sorry yeah sorry to interrupt call for you guys to make like I know you're doing a lot of things in remote communities who, who really you know indigenous communities who really need that valuable service you provide at the moment so was that decision to suspend services was that at the um, at the bequest of the government, or was that something that you guys had to decide upon internally? Yeah, it's, it's one of the hardest decisions we've ever had to make, and it was it was an internal decision. I think um, our
1: services in remote communities continue to operate as normal because they have been locked down for a number of months even before um, things things kicked off. So that was that was a, a positive that came out of is that our, our yeah our services in remote communities could continue to operate. But then on a national level what we saw is that about 50% of our service provider partners that we partner with weren't open. So we couldn't part, we couldn't operate at those sites. We had volunteers saying, I'm not comfortable in volunteering. We had all these people, I suppose, um, pointing us in this direction of saying, well, okay, let's, so what we did, we didn't, we didn't stop all shifts. We pressed pause um, for five days and said, let's reimagine what, Um, orange skies operations could look like under a COVID-19 world and then so our team core focus was on getting um finding a shift finding a shift identifying a shift and then um finding new operating models to to make it as safe as possible to make increased cleaning procedures social distancing all those sorts of things Um, and imagine what that looks like applied to an orange sky sky landscape so then it sort of switched from Okay, let's try and figure out a way. And then once we had a, a model that worked, now though, how do we scale it up as quickly as possible and start um, cool. getting back out there? And unfortunately, it's not as simple as just flicking a switch and saying, "Oh, all these volunteers are back out," because we've got a you know big, big contingent of volunteers over seventy, big contingent of, of volunteers in you know with health conditions and stuff that put them in that high risk category um, mm-hmm. to be out there. So you know we don't want to put people like that in harm's way. So it's it's this whole um, consideration across the whole um, spectrum to to make it as safe as possible, but also deliver us, deliver our service in, in, in the right way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot, a lot to juggle there. A lot of responsibility. Um, One thing that's really, I sort of has um, come to the surface for me is the fact that you guys you know, yes, you're providing uh, incredible laundry and, and shower service to, to people on the streets, but um, it's the conversation set piece, isn't it, that's really bringing to tremendous value. And as you said, you know, in, in a pandemic, I mean, people are struggling with the fact they've got to stay at home, but at least we have our devices to connect us. Um, and I know, you know, for a fact that the service that you guys are providing, those homeless people are looking forward, you're providing this platform. Um, for that connectivity, you know, with, with someone who can demonstrate empathy and someone who's just there to listen. Um, so I can only imagine the, the impact this is having um, upon, you know, your volunteers, but more importantly, the the, the people that you guys are really helping. Um, in your experience, Lucas, you know, I also want to sort of steer the conversation towards the importance of, uh, of storytelling, mate. Um, what's perhaps, if you can share, what one of the stories or uh, conversations you've had with, with someone doing it tough that's really impacted you? Yeah,
1: there's
0: probably so a absolutely. Ton of, I think
1: a ton of, um, yeah. there's so many. Yeah, yeah, so, so many. And I think you know, I shared shared one about Jordan Jordan before and the first person we we washed clothes for and and that and storytelling as well is a is a massively important thing for us at Orange Sky is that you know for someone who is ignored or overlooked. Um, to give people a voice and to give people um, that opportunity to to tell their story or to share is is really really powerful. I think so. Um, yeah, I think so, so many memorable stories. Probably one as um, a lady over in in Perth who's a young young lady. I think she's about mid twenties, so similar age to me. And um, we caught up with her and, and just before Christmas, and, and we're like, you know, talking to her about Christmas and. And, um, you know how difficult that was for, for people who are doing it tough and, and on the streets and she talked about you know she'd been out in the streets since she was 15 she's been on the streets for 10 years um, Christmas was always a difficult time in seeing you know people come together it's all around family it's all around connection and her um, not having that relationship with her family found it uh, really difficult but then on top of that also living um, out in the bush and, and not not um, having a, a safe roof overhead and, and all those sorts of things so yes she then, um, we sort of continued chatting and, and, and found out from our team over there a couple of months later that she'd actually been um, through one of the Orange Sky shifts, been linked in with the other service, with one of the service providers and yeah. found herself accommodation. She was going to have her, her first Christmas sort of with a roof over her head for, for 10 years. And I, I can remember, you know, the excitement I felt, but, but more importantly, the excitement that, you yeah, know, the team felt and that Lizzie felt. Um, being being sort of on the ground in in perth and and having that opportunity and that all stemming from this really simple conversation um, that that can happen and 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 that yeah we talk about that conversation Mm. leading to friendships and relationships and those relationships leading to those connections and and i think homelessness is something that is so complex and you know of those 116,000 people there's 116,000 unique stories and people and Mm. and um, challenges that the people have and there needs to be a really individualised approach yeah. um, for each of those each of those people it's not as simple as tracking someone in the house and saying yeah. "Off if you go it's 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 around um mm. all those wraparound services and that um support network and
0: yeah, exactly and, right and, and it all and, stems from and family human
1: and community right. and those sort of mm. yeah.
0: yeah 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 absolutely yeah there's, there's something really profound in that um yeah that really hit home it's home for me, mate. Um, I wanted to talk also about, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, what, what's this world going to look like um, at the other side of this this global crisis? And, you know, the, the term normality has been thrown around a lot, Lucas. And I know there's, you know, n- no sense of normality for people doing it tough on the street. Um, but I just wanted to, I came across this, this post I wanted to read to you. Um, and I think the listeners will appreciate as well. Um, it's it's by a street artist in, in the States called Sonia Renee Taylor. I just wanted to get your opinion on this, man. It says, um, we will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal other than we normalized greed, inequity, exhaustion, deletion, sorry, depletion, extraction. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that will fit all of humanity and nature. So, when I mean, when I came across that, you know, it really hit home to me that um, pre-COVID-19, um, we had become just desensitized, I think, you know, and I know, you know, working in professional services myself, Lucas. When I'm, you know, walking around Brisbane City, I can see the population turn a blind eye to to, to homeless people. You know, almost as if they're they're transparent. Um, and I just think, you know, how did we get to that point whereby we we just overlook someone? Being in need and that that simple act of just sitting down with someone having a conversation um as you said, you know can lead to one thing which can lead to another, which can eventually lead to a complete transformation um, There was supposed to be a question in all of this, but I'm going off on a tangent here but uh but what would you what would you like to see man I mean after we we see the other side of this, and we don't know how long that's going to be right It could be six months. Couple of months a year, um, but but what sort of world would would you like to create post pandemic?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and even in the homelessness space, wow. um, there's some amazing work happening in Australia. Um, it's it's on a state by state basis, but yep. um, say here in Queensland, there's a lot of um, rough sleepers and people doing it tough who have been temporarily housed, so they do have places to to self isolate and to yep. not um, if they did contract coronavirus not um, sp- spread spread amongst the community so there's some some good stuff but a lot of that stuff um does have end dates and you know month or six weeks or whatever the the time timeline might be so there is some awesome chats happening at the moment with Mm. those relevant government departments and and agencies and and funding bodies and stuff like that to try and make those things longer term longer term and and a lot of collaboration going on yeah it's been been an absolutely incredible amount of collaboration like more collaboration than we've seen in the the sort of not-for-profit and the homelessness sector since we've um started is that multi you know lots of different agencies coming together and and trying to tackle this because i think that has been one of the positives Mm. is that it's almost equalized people and gone they've gone oh you know how do we deal with this and how do we approach this it's it's this um totally new ball game that we're playing um and and so i think that has been a a positive out of it is that giving that opportunity to to equalize and to collaborate and to say well if all of a sudden we're concerned about you know these X X number of people sleeping rough and we're gonna put them in accommodation, how do we actually make that a a, a long-term or a or more sustainable sustainable thing so yes I think there's some some really cool opportunity even little things like you know I think people sometimes for say different meetings or for travel requirements. They go, Oh no, we need to go, need to go catch up in person. And this has been like, well, you can't leave your house. So, um, it's forced, I think some new behaviors in terms of even recording podcasts, I'm sure you do podcasts in person as well as on, as online. So it's, um, made a lots of different, I think, op- open up lots of different options for, for that sort of thing. But I think for me in a post pandemic world, I think, um, yeah, if, if there's some inroads we can make in terms of tackling some of these big challenges. Um, that we have in that we're making pro- making good progress. I feel now, um yeah. at least in the home- homelessness space. So if we can keep making that progress and shine a light onto something that shouldn't happen, and you know, we, I, I often think about um Australia in response to things like bushfires and floods, and mm. there's this outpouring. We saw it earlier this year with the fires that this is outpouring of support and outpouring of people, mm. you know, who um want to give time or money or bottles of water or wh- whatever it might be, and and yeah. um, that's in a almost point in time for a, for a different community yet we've got you know the equivalent of a natural disaster happening every night with people on the streets uh, or people experiencing homelessness around australia um but yet you're, you're right people do seem to turn a blind eye or, or to think oh that's too hard I, I can't i can't make a difference in that where yeah. i think um if we flip that mentality we can actually we can make a difference and we can um get better outcomes for people and, and support support people in better ways
0: Exactly right, and and um, what advice would you give to to someone who's perhaps listening to this and wants to uh, wants to make a difference? How can they uh, do that through Orange Sky or some other way? Yeah,
1: I think um, if it's through Orange Sky or through other means, it's just about giving it a crack and, and yeah. taking that first step. And you know, we often talk about you don't need millions of dollars or all this time or all this mm. you know uh, money and, and those sorts of things. You just need to find a little way that you can support and say for, if that's you know, walking past someone who is doing it tough and actually acknowledging someone and saying g'day, or just at least saying, hey mate, how are you doing? Or like something as simple as that um, can have a big impact on, on someone's time. From an Orange Sky perspective, people can jump online and um, support um, through a donation or, or with their time. And, and that's on our website, orangesky.org.au. You've got an um, awesome team of volunteers. It's, it's obviously changing a little bit in the, in the current landscape, but looking at uh, more ways for people to get involved um, across, across our own sky. But then I think more generally, it's finding, yeah, finding those ways if it's big or small, if it's people wanting to start up their own enterprise or people just wanting to do those, those little, um, actions that can, that can change, um, the course of people's day and make people feel more connected or, or have that conversation. I think it's yeah. just sometimes that, that courage, courage to take the first step is the hardest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. All right. Brilliant mate. And, um, can I ask what's in your own words what's the most rewarding thing about what you do and being at the helm of our own sky
1: yeah it's it's a I think there's I think there's so many different um, rewarding things I think for, for me probably the most rewarding thing is being out and shift and now you know personally'm I'm not, I'm not out on a regular shift I go to lots of different shifts all across the country. in in normal times but even in Brisbane like try and get out to as many different shifts as possible Um, and now seeing that orange sky magic that you know we used to be on the forefront of in terms of people having relationships and you know we often talk about the best conversation starter because people say oh you know what do you talk to people about it's like oh well the first time you start with your name and you talk about the weather and the sport and and whatever you know common interests that you know how does any conversation flow I think is um, is a um Interesting question to, you know, is everyone's different. But then I think um we often talk about the, you know, for your second shift or for your, your shifts after that, the best conversation starter is remembering something about the week or the fortnight before. And so for me, turning up on shift and always being a bit of an outsider because mm. that's not my regular shift, and then seeing, you know, volunteers and friends having these amazing connections and talking about conversations that might have been going for months and, and seeing that magic, I think, unfold is some of the really rewarding things for me. I think and probably other other parts is that for nick and i you know we can't be in 33 cities across australia and new zealand every day driving vans and taking them out and, and having those conversations so seeing this you know community of people that have mobilized behind it and who you know jump in the the vans and, and take it out and set up the chairs and, and have chats and facilitate yeah. washing it's um yeah a pretty cool, cool thing even you know people jumping onto our website and supporting us financially it's you know we have a donor say in in um in regional Queensland who supports us with one dollar a fortnight from her pension, and you know for for her um, that opportunity for to be a part of um, the Orange Sky community, even in a dollar a fortnight, which you know twenty six dollars a year is every 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 little bit helps for us. Um, it um, allows her to be part of that community. So for me, it's probably being out in shift, but but hearing those stories and being part of those stories and is what um, really motivates me to to keep and, and that passionate, uh, like I touched on before, around having fun and, and learning. And, and Orange Sky is an amazing opportunity for me to learn and grow um, and to, yeah, to hopefully make an impact along the way.
0: Yeah, that's, that's brilliant, mate. It really is a ripple effect, isn't it? And, um, you know, I really believe that that we're all connected. You know, we're, we're all connected in some way. And, and um, I've been doing a lot of research lately, Lucas, on emotional and social intelligence. Yeah. You know, and just how that that pretty much guides our every decision. And, and what you're doing really is creating these positive, emotional and lasting signatures in people, um, which, again, I, I commend you for. And um, I just wish you guys all the best and to keep up the amazing work. Um, so for, for everyone listening, you heard it there. So it's orangesky.org.au. Is that right, Lucas? Yep, yeah, sure is. So go there and um, make a donation or, uh, you know, volunteer your services. And um, I guess final question, mate, is um, you know looking forward, what does what does the future hold for for Orange Sky? You've you've achieved so much in a short short amount of time. I mean, are there plans to extend beyond New Zealand, or or the old cliche question, where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, it's a really good question, and and I think. If you'd asked me four months ago, my answer is probably different to, to what it is now. I think for us, the, the immediate immediate focus for probably the next 12 or 18 months or how, however long you know, this, this current situation extends for um, is just around really for us making sure that Orange Sky continues through it and continues to be um, sustainable. But also when we come out the other side, if we do see an increased demand in our services that we're ready to meet that demand and to yeah. um, support people and, and that um, this heightened, I think heightened level of level of um, people wanting connection and that conversation um, is is potentially going to going to mean the more more demand on our service. So yeah. making sure that you know, the vans the the babies that we have now are really well looked after and, and ready to to um, continue and, and evolve with that. I think that's probably the first first priority. But then beyond that, it's finding um, more ways to support people. So for instance, one of the projects we have we we um, built a lot of software to support our um, volunteer growth and and our impact measurements so you can jump on our website anytime and see in live in real time what vans are out how many loads of washing are on how many loads of washing they've done all time and and that um, data is a big big thing for us so we're actually commercializing that software and then on selling it onto other not-for-profits so for us that uh, allows orange sky to be more sustainable but also allows other not-for-profits to gain some of that tech expertise that we've been able to build over the last yep. last few years so yeah that's a big project for us in the future that we hope to scale across across the world um and then i think orange sky we've got definitely got aspirations to to support people in one way or another across the across the globe we're lucky you know lucky and unlucky in the sense that you know we're um, the only people doing what we're doing on the scale that we are so having you know we get emails every every week from different countries around the world saying hey, I'd love to do this in Portugal or UK or the US or Canada or, or wherever it might be um, and we're almost have this have this burden of saying well oh how do we how do we do this but we don't want to stop helping people from helping people as well so yeah it's trying to find that balance how do we work together to get something operational and to start supporting people? And if that's Orange Sky running it, or if that's you know, another organization running it, it's, um, you know, we just want to, to be a part of that, I suppose, and, and help supporting people. So, yeah, it's definitely got more more plans in terms of growing, got a lot more work to do in Australia and, and also New Zealand as well, um, and then
0: potentially potentially beyond that as well. Fantastic. The world's a limit, mate. Yeah, so look, congratulations. Keep up the great work um so there you have it everyone get behind orange sky a grassroots brisbane-based organization positively impacting the world and the way homeless people um, are being treated um which is just amazing work like So look thank you so much mate for uh for coming on open minds uh again wishing you, you all the best. best and um yeah always keep an open mind cheers mate thank you